A reading from the beginning of the letter of St. James. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes in a dispersion, greetings. Consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials, for you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, and let perseverance be perfect, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. But if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and he will be given it. But he should ask in faith, not doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed about by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, since he is a man of two minds, unstable in all his ways. The brother in lowly circumstances should take pride in high standing and in the rich, and the rich one in his lowliness, for he will pass away like the flower of the field. But a sun comes up with the scorching heat and dries up the grass, its flowers droops, and the beauty of its appearance vanishes. So will the rich person fade away in the midst of his pursuits.
Dominus Nobiscum. Lexio Sancti Evangelii Secundum Marcum. The Pharisees came forward and began to argue with Jesus, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. He sighed from the depth of his spirit and said, Why does this generation seek a sign? Amen, I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. Then he left them and got into the boat again and went off to the other shore. Verbum Domini. The first reading comes from the letter of St. James. He was James the Lesser. James the Greater was the first apostle that died, shed his blood for our Lord. James the Greater was the son of Zebedee, and his brother was John. This James is James, son of Alphaeus. So in the context of salvation history, when this James, James the Lesser, is evangelizing, he's evangelizing to those Jews who are dispersed throughout the diaspora. This is after the exile, many years after the exile. So at this time, we have to think in our mindset, not all Jews came back to Jerusalem, to the Holy Land. But there are many Jews all throughout. There are Jews in Rome, worshiping in synagogues in Rome. There are Jews in Greece worshiping in their manner and the way that they knew according to the law. So James is having this in mind. He's using language that the Jews of that time would have resonated with. He's wanting to show to them and appeal to them that Jesus Christ, true God and true man, only begotten Son of the Father, is the fulfillment of their faith, of the Jewish religion. That it's not contrary. That the message of the gospel is not contrary to that of the law. It brings the law to fulfillment, to its perfect perfection. And he starts out by saying, consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials. 
similar to yesterday's reading from the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are those who hunger. And then at the end, blessed are those who are persecuted for my name's sake, for the kingdom of heaven is yours. Consider it joy when you encounter various sort of trials. Do you really, sisters, have joy when you encounter various sort of trials? I know I don't. My first response is, why me? Why? Why this trial, God? But it's meant for our purification even. The greatest of saints even, some of the doctors of the church would even look at some of the trials that we go through in life as being from the hand of God. Maybe they weren't permitted by God, that is, his ordaining will, but rather they were permitted, but maybe they weren't his ordaining will, but maybe they were his permissive will. In other words, that everything, because it happens in some sense, is under God's reign and his oversight and his dominion. So consider it all joy. Joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's not always that jumping up and down joy that we think when we think of what joy is. But joy emanates from a heart that is right with God. So a joyful person may not always kind of exude within them joy, being joyful. Does that make sense? I think that's important to say. Because some people often say when they see somebody that's kind of serious, you don't look so happy. You, you need to be joyful. You need to be more joyful. Well, what does that mean? Maybe somebody has a more serious disposition. Maybe somebody has a more kind of a melancholic, phlegmatic personality. Does that mean they don't have joy? No, it's, it's expressed in a different way. Maybe somebody that's sanguine is overly exuberant, almost too much. Consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter various sorts of trials. For you will know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let that perseverance be perfect, 
so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And this is the key line that I wanted to end with and emphasize. But if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and he will be given it. If any of us ask our parents for something when we're children, for food, our parents are going to give it to us. If we're hungry, we go to them. I think most of the time we go to our parents and we want to be fed. They're going to give in. They're going to feed us. They're going to nourish us. They're not going to let us be malnutritioned. How much more so our Father in heaven wants those good things for us? He's even better than our parents. He's going to provide for us. So St. James, in speaking to those Jews of the diaspora that are out and in Rome, again in Greece, he wants to appeal to them, and he's using wisdom knowledge. He's using language that the Jews would have understood. They would have resonated with this type of demeanor, this language being conveyed from the wisdom literature, from Proverbs. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and he will give it. In other words, we should ask. We should ask God for wisdom. And then he goes, but he should ask in faith, not doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea and is driven and tossed about by the wind, is not grounded. So if we ask from God, we ask in faith, believing that the God who wants us to have wisdom, and believe me, I can almost say infallibly, and I'm not infallible, but this is the infallible word of God, that if we ask God for more faith, hope, or charity, or all the gifts, especially wisdom, it says here, if we ask God for those gifts and beg them in sincere faith, he's going to give those things that will be for our salvation. Let us ask and beg God for wisdom, not doubting, trusting completely that he will be the giver of all good gifts.